the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Calvin Ridley's got him 35. He's got across midfield to the 40, to the 30. He could go. Calvin Ridley from Trevor Lawrence. 70,000 plus. Listen. Oh, it's a celebration. Are you kidding me? Calvin Ridley Day. Duval. It just keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting better. You know, it's kind of like love. You know, it really is. It just gets better every time we we take the lap. How's the post-Valentine's Day? Any binge eaters out there? Chocolates? Pound cakes? I don't know, whatever it is that you need. We tried to be with you last night. We tried to give you our best. We worked on Valentine's. And, you know, I think it's... um. I think it's a bunch of rubbish. It's a made-up Hallmark uh, holiday. And it's the only holiday, as far as I'm concerned, where it's meant to make people feel bad. Okay, You're not supposed to feel bad on Thanksgiving. You're not supposed to feel bad on Christmas. You're not supposed to feel bad on Fourth of July. You're not supposed to feel bad next week during President's Day or any other holiday. But Valentine's Day, it's like if you don't have a squeeze... It's, um, it's like a direct uh, reflection on you. And, and we're here to tell you that you are special. You mean a lot to us here on Into the Night. And we're just glad you got through it. Now you got another whole year where you don't have to worry about it. Uh, hey, we had fun on Tuesday night. We're going to have even more fun right here on Wednesday. The application has been filled. It has been submitted by Calvin Ridley. Now we'll sit and wait. All right, we've got about, what, uh, 28 days in February. It's March 13th when that legal tampering period does begin. Two days later, everything has to be set. You have to have your 90-man roster under this year's salary cap figure, which is what, just under $230 million. Actually, it's $224.8 million is what all 32 teams are going to have to do, uh, making some changes. The Jaguars above that right now. They're going to have to say goodbye to some players. They are going to have to restructure some players. But today's going to be a lot of fun, I believe, for you, the Jaguar fan, because it's kind of a two-for-one. Even though it's the middle of the week and it's the middle of the month, that's what I want to do with, you know, all of this good fortune. Everything that's around you, and it includes Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has the opportunity right here in Jacksonville to give the Jaguars a bona fide, true number one, okay? An ex-wide receiver, a guy who can stretch defenses, a guy who can just flat out go get it. And they've been missing that. Don't get me wrong. I think the acquisitions that have been made around here via free agency the last couple of years have worked. Two years worth of Marvin Jones Jr., Last year with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and the tight end um, with Evan Ingram. All graded, in my opinion, you know, probably, certainly for Kirk and Ingram, I'd go A's. 
okay, for Zay Jones, I don't know, maybe a B-plus. Marvin Jones became totally a possession receiver, still passed, uh, you know, had a passing grade. I don't know where you would grade him. I've never really been a grader. I don't know how I even or why I even mentioned that. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it was, you know, some way or probably in a C-plus, B-minus. I think you, most of you would probably come along uh, with that. But now you got someone who's special. Now you got someone that can do some things that no one presently on this football team can do. And that has become a true number one. I just look at it openly, and I do wonder, you know, if he is cleared, which I would expect. Uh, John Shipley did a nice job today. I was uh, talking about it earlier in the week. I remember Eric, uh, Alex Karras, and I mentioned Art Schleister, who went to jail Um he was kind of like the NFL's version of Denny McLean. He just, you know, Art Schleister would bet on, you know, a, a, whether or not a, a a roach would make it across the kitchen floor. That was Art Schleister. And we talked a little bit about Paul Horning, and it's amazing about how, you know, gambling in the NFL is received compared to gambling in Major League Baseball. Okay, you look at Pete Rose – the man has been blackballed forever, and it doesn't appear that during his life he is ever going to be able to make it into the Hall of Fame. You know, post-life, we'll see, uh, but it's it, it's totally separate. It's weird how these two sports, and I guess they're not even compared anymore. They, they were when I grew up. When I grew up, baseball was a great American pastime, and football was certainly, you know, beginning to uh, really – set its grounds, and it's, it has moved so far ahead of everything else, but that wasn't always the case, okay? You got people out there that will tell you that it used to be horse racing, it used to be boxing, and it used to be baseball. Well, anyway, the rules are so different, particularly when you look at gambling in both sports, steroids in both sports, right? Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, McGuire, A-Rod, Manny, they're like the ultimate villain. You take steroids and, and football, no one cares. You had people two years ago telling you that Julian Alderman should be a Hall of Famer because of his playoff uh, performance. Yet, remember the game here in September of 2018? Right? When Jacksonville turned around in one of the greatest regular season months we have ever seen. Uh, make that September of 2018 when, when Jacksonville was 3-1. and one. And they came in here. Edelman was suspended for four games because of PEDs, because of steroids, and no one seems to care about that. Yet you doctor up a baseball, you're Gaylord Perry, you're Phil Necro, you're, you're something like that. It's considered, you know, brilliant. It's considered being ahead of the game. It's considered some markmanship or some gamemanship. Uh, you deflate an ounce out of a football like Tom Brady. There, there's people who hate him to this day for it. So it's just amazing how different sports are when it comes to very similar rules uh, and or laws. In this case, Calvin Ridley becomes only the fifth player who was ever suspended because of gambling. Alex Karras. You remember him as the actor? He was the dad in Webster. Never seen it. You don't remember Webster? No, is that with the small guy? He was a small guy. Alex wasn't, uh, but Webster was. Okay, what you talking about, Willis? Yes. No, what you talking about, Willis? That's uh, that's uh, good times or yes. or uh, um, 
That was with Dana Plato. Good times. Uh, and fast. Uh, I forget the name of it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was um, two adopted young boys. And then the, the girl in the show ended up committing suicide like the day after the Howard Stern show. Some people really got different on strokes, or bad. Different strokes. Different, uh, strokes. Diff- different strokes. No, I'm thinking of, of just Webster. I want to say it was Alex Karras who was in Webster, uh, which was yes. as well a sitcom. Uh, you got Paul Horning, Art Sleister, and Josh Shaw. The most recent one. The only one that Goodell has ever handled is Josh Shaw. So, to me, this clearly should take very little time, right? Calvin Wrigley did his time. He sat out a year. He's reapplied. We haven't heard a peep. Imagine they're going to bring him in, sit him down, investigate, take a look at some stuff. I I am not concerned that recidivism is going to, you know, play its uh, its ugly role in all of this. I, I would be absolutely shocked if one day we hear that Ridley, you know, put money on a game. I, I got to believe, not knowing him, I just have to believe he has learned his lesson. If there's any concern with Calvin Ridley, to me it's much more about the the mental health, which – you know, took away, um, you know, much of the 2021 season for Calvin Ridley. That, that's a serious situation. And, and for anyone who deals with that type of, uh, of illness, you know, I, I wish you the very best. I think we're all affected in some way, family member or a friend. And Jacksonville's gone through that recently. They went through it with C.J. Henderson. They went through it with D.J. Chark. It's, it's preventable, but not the same uh, treatment is the same for everyone. It's not like you can just subscribe this medication and it's going to go away. That's at least as to what I am told. It's it's different for everyone. And mental health, and you know, again, going back to the day that I was talking about with horse racing and boxing and and baseball to football. Then back in those days, if you had mental health, you know what you were considered? You were considered weak. You were considered a sissy. Okay, you weren't tough. That that's how numbskulled people were. You know, the same folks who, oh, water is for sissies. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how much we have learned over the years. It's a real problem, and uh, I, I really mean that. I hope I hope if anyone that you know has situations like this, you can see a doctor, see someone uh, who can help you. And I, I hope that's not the case for Calvin Ridley. I am really pulling for this young man. I mean, he has a chance to be a difference maker with this football team. You look at the free agent wide receivers who are available this year, and you can absolutely make the case that, that Calvin Ridley is ahead of them all. I mean, you got Alan Lazard, the former Jaguar and Packer, uh, who was available. Uh, Jacoby Myers coming out of New England. You know, you got the Juju Smith-Schuster who dropped his uh, Valentine's Day uh, grenade on Philadelphia yesterday. You've got guys that are battling back, like um, OBJ. You know, DJ Chark is out there for the taking again. You, you know, there's going to be some veterans released. You know, we've heard that Keenan Allen's going to get let go out in Los Angeles. There's some talk that Adam Thielen's going to be let go in Minnesota, and there's others, but at just over $11 million a year, this is a, a, a complete bargain. If you look at what 
Calvin Ridley uh, could bring the 2023 Jaguars. Just kind of put things in perspective for you. Let me find it. 2023 salary, Christian Kirk, his cap number is $23 million. Okay. Uh, the other wide receiver, Zay Jones, is $10,666,000. Of course, they have to re-sign Evan Ingram. You're aware of that, but you, know, you can plug the $11 million contract in there for Calvin Ridley. It comes in after uh, Kirk, Cam, Sheriff, Aloha Khan, Shaq Griffin, who will get cut, uh, Big Folo, uh, and Darius Williams. Darius Williams makes a million dollars more a year than Calvin Ridley. Williams in right now at $12 million. It's basically the same as Josh Allen, who was scheduled to make $10,892,000. So a number one right here in town. And uh, also a guy that, that gives this football team an opportunity to do what they didn't do successfully a year ago, and that is throw the deep ball, okay? I'm here to tell you that I believe Calvin Ridley catches the ball that Christian Kirk dropped, okay? I don't want to go back and pour salt on an open wound, but my opinion is Calvin Ridley makes that grab, okay? He's faster. He's better. He, he's a number one. Christian Kirk had a great year. I'm not taking anything away from him. He had a very, very good year, but he's a number two, okay? This is a number one, and he is now in your city. All you have to wait for is the reinstatement to roll in, and Calvin Ridley is going to uh, make a lot of fans here happy in Jacksonville. All right, coming up tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of project a little bit. What do you think when you look at Calvin Ridley? What type of numbers is this man going to put up? I mean, Trevor Lawrence last year threw for 4,100 yards. Kirk had 1,100 yards. Zay Jones had 823. Evan Ingram, who right now they got to get re-signed, 766. You do lose Marvin Jones Jr., who had 529 yards receiving. Yeah, I love it. You know, all of a sudden there might be just a tiny bit of, ooh, are there enough balls to go around? Are there enough footballs to keep everyone happy on this team? Can you imagine making that statement and then saying the Jacksonville Jaguars? Think about that for a moment. I mean, has in 28 years of, of its history, has the comment or phrase is there enough balls to go around ever been mentioned by Jaguar fans about the Jack? That could absolutely be the case this year. Is this going to be one of those 80 ball north of 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns plus seasons for Calvin Ridley? Only time will tell. But if you want to jump in on that, you can tonight. The best way to do so is on the text line that is 641-1010. And that is brought to you by lifetime enclosures. All right, on the other side, more on Calvin Ridley. Also want to take you through what I think are some important dates that begin this month in February, and then it really begins to get heated up in March, okay, when the regular season begins in the National Football League. I also spent a lot of time doing this earlier today. I think you'll enjoy it when we're looking at quarterbacks and and just how nuts the league is. I mean, the NFL is schizo. It really is. They talk about 
what, 50% of marriages end up in divorce and the other 49% are unhappy. You had 10 firings a year ago in the NFL. You had five this year. I thought you should have had seven. I would have fired Brandon Staley. I would have fired Mike McCarthy, but that's me. Okay, you had five. Who are the quarterback changes? I did the work. I have it right here. I'm going to come back and explain it to you. And what's great about this is while you're taking it all in, the entire conversation, you can keep saying to yourself, not my problem. Not my problem. Jacksonville has Trevor Lawrence. I mean, how great is this? To have an offseason where you don't have to worry about a quarterback like the entire AFC South does. Like most or more than half the teams, in my opinion, in the NFL will have to deal with coming up this season. It is really incredible. But once again, it does not apply for the Jaguars. All right, opening comments each and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Uh, The good folks uh, over there, uh, check them out online. Just go to schmunezvision.com or give them a call at 299-2906. JJ, I have to make an admission right now. We taping? I have to come clean. Yeah, of course. Okay, you know. Always recording. You know that I am, um, I always tell the truth, regardless of whether it will help me or hurt me, that's just the way that I roll. I can't wait for this. Okay, I've spent the last several months badgering you, pillaging you, yelling at you, saying, don't sleep in your contacts. It is the absolute worst thing you can do for your eyes. Guess what happened on Super Bowl Sunday? Guess who got himself a really large taste? Yours truly. That you were complaining about it on Monday. Huh? You were complaining about it on Monday. I was. I, I, I had an issue, and, and here's the truth. I'm, I'm, this is the God's honest truth, okay? I really got after it on Sunday because I didn't care who won this year's Super Bowl, okay? So I wasn't driving. My girlfriend dropped me off. And I was having a large time. The party continued late at night uh, in, in my bar. My, my girlfriend is a Pat Mahomes fan, Texas Tech grad, yada, yada, yada. So I ended up passing out on my couch, okay, upstairs in my bar. Got up early Monday morning, you know, went to the restroom, went to go take the contacts out of my eyes. Well, I made a major mistake getting it out of my right eye. And I really screwed up the vision in my right eye. I was going to come in on Monday to go see Dr. Shuminez, but here's the deal. I need to sleep off that case of beer. So Monday for me needed to be spent in bed. I still called, said, well, it's, this is what's going on. I took a picture of my eye, sent him. He says, get in here first thing on Tuesday morning. I did. Went in, gave me some drops, took him Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, this morning. I'll take him again uh, tonight. It's almost completely healed after less than 48 hours. That's only part of what they do at Shmunez Vision. But I got to tell you, I've been lobbying for you to do this, and look what happened to me. I passed out. I fell asleep with my contacts in. I could have seriously hurt my eye. My guess is that some of you have probably dealt with this or a situation that is close to this where you had redness, you could not see, your eye kept watering, And you may think, oh, I don't have an eye doctor. I don't have someone that I can call, someone on the hip that can get to me almost immediately the way that Shmunez Vision did for me. I want to tell you, they did so yesterday, and I thank them very much for it. It's incredible. This is only a little part of what they do 
at Schmunez Vision. 299-2906 is the number. Go to schmunezvision.com. I will continue to tell you not to sleep in your contacts. And if I mess up again, well, then I'll tell you about that as well. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Emmanuel Lewis is the uh, middle-aged man who played Webster back in the 80s. Glad that he's still with us. I don't know why I thought he was not. And again, I don't want to be responsible for killing anyone off. Um, but he's 51. He hasn't done any work. I looked up his filmography. He has not done anything since 2008. But he was a big star on Webster. Then he got on the love boat. <laughs> you knew Webster was going to find love on the love boat. That is so great. But he hadn't done anything. I guess he's in the Thai, uh, let's see here, Taekwondo. So he's a bad man. You don't want to run across Webster in a dark alley. Mm-mm. That's for sure. Nope. I don't want to run across anyone who knows that any of that judo or uh, karate or. Have you Mixed seen Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood? Uh, oh, Brad yeah. Pitt and, the uh, Manson spinoff? It, yeah. The scene with Bruce yeah. Lee talking <laughs> yeah. about how you'd beat up Muhammad Ali or whatever. <laughs> Apparently, his family got very upset about that. A lot of people got, well, it was a Tarantino movie, so yeah, people are going to get upset regardless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I I was a little disappointed because I thought it was going to be more of... Manson. Yeah, more of the hunt. The family. And, yeah, it was a it was a totally different, uh, you know, kind of a side take. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it was that. It, it was still uh, enjoyable. Uh, I don't think there's any question uh, about it. All right, I want to move on to this quarterback deal. Got a lot of good stuff here, though, that, that did come in um, outside of many of you who told us about Emmanuel... Lewis and Webster. Uh, Baloo, can you talk about Calvin Ridley's age? Do you think there might be a skills uh, cliff he could be approaching? He's not young anymore. It's a fair point. He's 28. He just turned 28 on December 20th. Okay, so he'll play this year at 28. He's had a year and a half off. He played five games in 2021. He didn't play a year ago. So the physical pounding... Um, is not his has not gone through his body uh, the last what five hundred days? So th- that's a plus. But yeah, I mean, when you when, you know, we've seen Marvin Jones, who's north of uh, of thirty. His his speed isn't what it once was, and, and that's not the greatest comparison because these are two totally different wide receivers. But th- that is fair. I I do think though that. For the next three years, I wouldn't be as concerned about that. You know, he's only signed for for this year at the age of 28. And I don't think Jacksonville is in any hurry right now to re-sign Calvin Ridley. The very promising draft class of a few years ago is coming up. And you're going to see north of $50 million going to Joe Burrow. Who knows what Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts is going to be able to command in the open market as well. Next year at this time, that conversation is going to be about Trevor Lawrence. 
Trevor Lawrence may cost you 55 to $57 million a year, and he is by far priority number one. A 29-year-old wide receiver is not going to be, but I still think this guy has plenty left. So it's going to be interesting, and you know, hopefully we'll know. Yeah, there could be a chance that he shows up and he is a bust. Uh, or doesn't have it the way that he once did. He got in the college late. This reminds me of Devin Lloyd a little bit. He he got into Atlanta at the age of 24 and played there for four years. 24, 25, 26, 27. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Chad Muma, Trayvon Walker. Uh, these folks rolled in at 21. Devin Lloyd rolled in at 24. Calvin Ridley rolled in at 24. This is his fifth-year option that is only allowed for first-round picks, so Jacksonville gets him for around $11 million. But, yeah, I don't think they'll be in a situation where they're going to sign him or, or try to re-sign him to a long-term deal uh, before they see him play. That, that's just my guess. It, you know, it could happen. And then all they talk about, well, they, you know, Jacksonville gave him a chance. Jacksonville made a trade. Does that mean that's going to be a hometown discount? No. No. No, 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 That would be really stupid <laughs> if they signed him to anything right. before he took the I seat. mean, he's got two things going against him. He's got the gambling, and he's – and I, I'm, I'm – re- re- honestly, folks, mental health means a, a ton to me. But it's a problem. I mean, it, I shouldn't say it's a problem. That's the wrong wording. It's – it's a very serious situation. It's a concern. It is. And, you know, I want to believe that Jacksonville has the best people around uh, for this. But we see it, you know, we see it from grade school up as soon as it's diagnosed. And, you know, what I think would be scary for me, you know what it's like when you go and you visit a doctor? You know, I, I just talked about Dr. Shimunez, who fixed my eye, that I went to go see my chiropractor and Dr. Michael Shinatri working on my neck and working on my lower back because I've been playing some golf lately. Um, you, you put trust in professionals, especially when it's your body. Now, the mind, I, I, I can't imagine how that process even starts. Is it with your counselor? Is it with someone from work? Um, is it a psychiatrist? Is it a psychologist? Is it a doctor who will medicate? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But to me, it's not like the standard visit where, oh, my shoulder's bothering me or I have an issue with my knee or I have an issue with my eye. And you go when you're talking about how do you separate having a bad day to being really, really really depressed okay I mean I get I get I almost get hyper at times overly excited maybe a little bit of anxiety which by definition is is a form of depression but I'm talking about folks who are you know in 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 dark rooms that life is so empty to them it it's it's really sad it is and I have no idea how he's feeling. He's going to be asked that. You know, once he is uh, reinstated, he'll he'll come here to town. He'll meet us. And, you know, we'll get an opportunity to, to hear from him and, and how he's feeling. Hopefully, it is on the up and up.
Uh, my six-year-old is almost a black belt, uh, black belt in Taekwondo. Must not be that difficult. He says he can still beat his ass. He's six years old. Yeah. <laughs> They're just passing out belts nowadays, like trophies. <laughs> no offense to your six-year-old. No. Come on. No six-year-old deserves a black belt. 9909, the fact that Ridley was suspended longer than Deshaun Watson is ridiculous. I don't get to listen much in the image, yada, yada, yada. There's a compliment there, so I will pass over it. Here's but. why, though. One had to do with the NFL's product, the other didn't. The second that you start, you know, Getting into the whole are games fixed or not fixed, you can't even have that conversation come up. Like that's that's the worst thing that could happen to the league is if people start thinking maybe something's not right about it. The other stuff was off the field. Mm-hmm. I agree with the texter, but I'm just saying that's how the NFL looks at it. Gambling, Denny McClain, gambling, Pete Rose. You can be Ferguson Jenkins and get caught going through customs from Canada to the United States of America with drugs, and you can get a slap on the wrist. You can be Dale Berra or Keith Hernandez or Rock Rains or Dave Parker or any one of those players involved in that big cocaine uh, scenario that hit Major League Baseball. My guess is that mm, probably 90% of our listening audience is like, what the hell is Blue talking about? (laughs) They don't even know, but everyone knows about Pete Rose. In betting, it's even though it's against the law, the rules in baseball, it, even even steroid use in baseball, the difference between what was legal law wise and this was never illegal in baseball until after the steroid issue came out. They, they never suspended you for PEDs mm-hmm. until long after. So it was legal to do it in baseball at that time. It was just an unwritten rule for the sanity of the game that you shouldn't be taking these products. Remember the Andro found above the locker of Mark McGuire? It, he just had it like chilling had, in his locker. It was like right next to his right. He had like right guard. Is it know, deodorant? He had deodorant, hairspray, and roids. Yeah, sitting right there yeah, at his locker. That, that was my thing. They never actually broke any rules. Uh, another thing with Deshaun, I mean, we obviously covered this story ad nauseum last year, but, you know, they Goodell passed the buck. You know, Goodell was worried about suspending a guy for a whole season who hadn't actually broken a law, and so he passed it down to this judge, and, you know, the NFL basically wiped their hands of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was— It was embarrassing. I thought it was— Way too significant. And I'm not saying that now because he's going to be a part of the Jaguars. There's got to be some common ground here. Do you realize that three days ago at the Super Bowl, for the first time ever, you could be in attendance at the stadium in Arizona and place in-game bets? You could go underneath and place halftime bets. Midway through the second quarter bets. At the actual game... Where it's happening, this is what about has happened time. in sports. About damn time. A lot of people agree with that. I don't disagree. I, I don't. But, and, you know. I think it's stupid that I don't necessarily uh, disagree with the rule that, you know, if you're in the NFL, you can't bet on NFL games. I, I think if you're betting on a game you're not playing in, who cares? 
but like go for it. But I really don't understand if I'm Calvin Ridley, I can't bet on like a Braves Mets game in August. You know, and vice versa. If I'm Jacob DeGrom, I can't bet on a football game on Sunday. Like, that to me makes literally no sense. Well, where do you draw the line? Look at Michael Jordan, who's 60 today. By the way, he donated $10 million. Uh, I don't know what charity. Boys uh, and Girls Club. Was it? Club, I believe. Oh, oh, no, make a wish. Good, good for Michael Jordan. Okay, it's been said forever that during Michael Jordan's playing days, the guy's betting several thousand dollars a golf hole. So we're... Where do you draw the line? He can bet. He can put a quarter million dollars on a round of golf with other NBA players. But if Michael Jordan was to make a $1,000 bet on another NBA team or on an NHL game, he would have been suspended. Well, maybe not suspended. Maybe told to go play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's come back. Let's get to the quarterback uh, situation. February 21st, by the way, is next up for dates that you need to know as an NFL fan. That is when teams can designate a franchise player. We do know that Trent Baalke, happy birthday yesterday to Trent, that he said he would not like to put a franchise tag on anyone on the Jaguars. So you can do that with a franchise or transition tag up through March 7th. The scouting combine will begin the final day of February. And that'll run through March 6th. How cool is that? You get the combine, then you get the players, then you get March Madness. I mean, how great is March? Uh, March 7th through April 19th, teams can begin to host 30 draft prospects. All right? You can bring them in for physical exams, meetings with team officials, uh, no on-field workouts. It's just a... An interview session, it's a get-on-the-blackboard session, it's let's look at some film, but in, and obviously a physical, okay? But no on-the-field uh, type of stuff. Also, March 7th through April 26th, teams can hold video and telephone interviews with prospects. You're only allowed to bring in 30. That is the limit. Uh, March 13th is that legal tampering period. That'll begin at 4 o'clock on March 13th for 48 hours. And then at 4 on March 15th, officially the new league year does begin. Free agent signings, trades, everything does become official. That is also the deadline for teams to tender restricted free agents. Uh, Then you have the annual league meetings in Phoenix. That's March 26th through 29th. And then the NFL draft, which is April 27, 28th. And twenty nine, and mixed in between all that, we're gonna have lots of Aaron Rodgers, you know, slash Lamar Jackson drama. That's what Guaranteed. we're gonna get into next. Let's let's do that. I I uh, I mapped it all out today. I'm gonna make some uh, prognostications. JJ's gonna make some prognostications. I we would love we would absolutely love you to do it along with us. Uh, this is going to be. Just insane to see the quarterbacks that are going to change teams. We saw the Derek Carr cut yesterday. It's only the beginning of what is going to be a very intriguing offseason at QB. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou 
on 1010XL 92.5 FM. They're coming, folks, on Sunday. Progressive Rock. Saw him in town here a couple of years ago with Judas Priest. The Great Deep Purple. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I got a golf tee time scheduled for noon. And it's out in St. Augustine. I don't know. Maybe one of those last. It's a beautiful day out there. I'm, you know, and decided to party at trade winds and stogies and Arnold's and me. I don't know. You just never know until we get there. We'll see. But if you've never seen Deep Purple, they are uh, certainly a lot of a lot of fun. One of the great rock and roll bands of all time. And you know, they had the nerve to bring in a synthesizer. Uh, some keyboards, right? We didn't have a lot of that with that London explosion, like, you know, the whole Cream, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, with, obviously, um, with uh, with Richard Wright, uh, certainly did, did great work on the, uh, on the organ and uh, with synthesizers and stuff. But most of that old rock was just guitar. You know, lead, bass, strums, and a singer. All right, enough of that. <clears throat> Let's, um, Where'd they come up with the name Deep Purple? Are you aware? Uh, I am not. Are you? No. I guess I should have looked up before I even asked. Okay. I just thought it was very... I don't know. I thought they were an American band for a really long time, too. No, they're from the United Kingdom. I, I got to believe Deep Purple is drug-related. That's what I was thinking. That's what I thought you might know. <laughs> I mean, that that would have to be. But, you know, th- them in, in bands like Yes and like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, that was that was totally different. That was a totally different style of, of, of rock. And, you know, Rush did it coming out of Canada. Really, no one at that time did it in the United States trying to think of like a great progressive, you know, you got there with like sticks, you got there with like REO Speedwagon, uh, you got there with, with some of those bands. I mean, the doors for crying out loud, Ray Manzarek, they didn't even have a bassist. He set the tone. He set the baseline with his organ. How weird is that? It's just a totally different style of rock. I have the interview or uh, the answer. By the way. What do you have? On a boat between England and Denmark. So they previously had a name called the Seekers, mm-hmm. which one of the old members had. They hated the name. They got rid of it. So on a boat between England and Denmark, Richie Blackmore and bassist Nick Simper were interviewed about the new band. It seemed that it actually was during that interview that the band changed its name to Deep Purple, named after an old song that was a favorite of Richie's granny or something like that. According to an interview with Nick Simper in an old issue of Darker Than Blue, the journalist asked what the name of the band was. Richie looked at Nick with a grin and said, it's Deep Purple. Nick smiled back, and that was it. Well, there you have it. His Rick- granny's old favorite song. And Richie, Black- Richie Blackmore has the most f- famous guitar, you know, gu- gu- guitar, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, guitar rhythm of all time, right? On Smoke on the Water. 
Oh, of course. If if you're riff, I guess. Yeah, I guess that that, that would be the term. If um. If you're learning to play guitar, I would think that that's one that is taught. It's probably the first one. Mm-hmm. Could you, <laughs> I can just imagine, like, young, you know, we just got a text from a guy who told us that a six-year-old's already a black belt. <laughs> yes. Well, I got a six-year-old who's playing, like, Derek Trucks, you know, <laughs> this and that. But imagine they bring in the young lady, you know, you bring in the young girls, the young guys, and you got some old i would love to meet a gu- guitar teacher you know a, a, a an artist and, who's bald but he's still got the bandana going bald but he's got the he's got that long he's got the long business uh, he's got the white, long party in the back white and he just got done blowing a bone <laughs> yeah okay? smells of cigarettes and he walks in he's going to teach his 6 year old he's going to teach your 6 year old daughter how to play the deep, deep purple. purple smoke on the water <laughs> And you know he's getting flustered. He's like, "No, you got to really <laughs> lean into it here." You know, it's 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 three chords. All right. You know what? It's already the top of the hour. I keep I I I, I keep promising that I'm going to do this, and I haven't. It's it's real. Uh, it's terrible radio. I I apologize. I mean, you're not supposed to tease something, and then not get to it. That's like rule number one. That's something that I. I learned 30 years and two months ago, but somehow I have totally neglected that tonight. Rest in peace, Raquel Welch. She was, I mean, honestly, how would we, how do you define Raquel Welch? She, she was around way before supermodels or swimsuit models. Uh, to me, she's kind of like Marilyn Monroe is, and Marilyn Monroe obviously was an actress, Raquel Welch did some acting, but she to me is like could have been like the first ever female sex symbol. So did she get famous for if she wasn't an actress? Did she get famous for just like being a starlet, like mm-hmm. who she was dating, or no? I think she, I again, most of her work was like in the '60s and into the '70s. I know that she made films. But I, I want to say that what got her noticed Fantastic Voyage was just how attractive she was. Yeah, her, they say her first attention, she first won attention in her role in Fantastic Voyage, 1966. Okay. Um, and then she was in One Million Years B.C. So she was like an Amazon woman and wore very little clothing. So I can see how that could turn into like a you know, she was wearing a doe skin bikini. Did she make anything? Was she part of like uh, Leslie Nielsen? Was she in a comedy or something? I I, I want to say that because I did not see her an awful lot as an actress. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about yeah, that. Yeah, she was in Naked Gun thirty three and a half. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go back One and watch that. One of the greatest sequels of all time. <laughs> Yeah, that was in 1994, Naked Gun 33, and it says plus a half. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I- and a third, excuse me. Yeah, I'm trying to th- think if I- uh, Is that what it is? Okay. I, I, I'm trying to- I, I flashed by it. She was in Legally Blonde, I guess. Older. Must have been way older. I, I used to watch that when my, when my daughters were real young uh, years ago. But yeah, her fil- first film was- um, in 1964, I I am not familiar with 
with any of these movies. They they sound very like B movie ish. Fathom, bedazzled, sex quartet, Bondolero, mm-hmm. one hundred rifles, flare up, the magic Christian, the beloved, fuzz, Kansas City bomber, Bluebeard. I mean, yeah, Three Musketeers. All right, uh, she actually got a Golden Globe award for Best Actress. So there you go. So what this a life, was like though. the original hottie on your wall was her. Wearing that bikini from the movie One Billion BC, they said that that was like the poster that turned her into an international sex symbol. Yep, I think I think she was like probably the first one, right? Even even you know Marilyn Monroe uh, was before her, but Marilyn Monroe, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain her. She was Playboy. Um. You know, there, there, there were so many stereotypes with Marilyn Monroe where that really didn't apply with Raquel Welch. You know what I mean? There was like a little negative bit, stereotypes. Yeah, yes. there were negative Absolutely. You know, just everything with. She got around, you know. Right. Joe DiMaggio and Sinatra the and the Kennedys. And, you know, how did she die? I, I mean, there's just so many what ifs that we'll never know. That that just never really applied, as far as I. And again, I I got to be honest here with Raquel Welsh. That was, believe it or not, kids, long before my time, when she was really a star. Very classy. She was yeah. a 1979 Playboy, but never did a full nude shoot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner later said Raquel Welch, one of the last of the classic sex symbols, mm-hmm. came from the era when you could be considered the sexiest woman in the world without taking your clothes off. She was married four times, got divorced to uh, Richard Palmer in 2004, and then never got remarried. So She walked down the aisle four times. There you go. Raquel Welsh. God, I would love to make it to 82. She's gone at the age of 82. Rest in peace. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, quarterback's coming up right now. Let's get to it. Um, I'm loving the text line as I do every night. I have so much enjoyment with this. 641-1010. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I never thought you could have fun with a text line. Damn, was that wrong? Um, because the listeners bring it, but... One thing I'm, well, it's no longer a secret that I'm really enjoying is, and, and I got to admit, it's a tough question. It's a brutally tough question. How many miles is the Daytona 500? <laughs> this thing yes. is outstanding. If you haven't been listening to our oh. station, we have a contest oh. where they tell you when to text in. So don't do it now because it won't matter. But uh, they ask you a very tough question. How many miles are in the Daytona 500? Mm-hmm. Some of the answers are wrong. Like a lot of them are wrong. I know. I don't want to blow it. It's a, <laughs> I don't want to give it away. It's a big promotion. And I'm for it. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going again this year. Man, I think I had gone to what twenty five of twenty eight, or something. I even fooled the folks in Chicago when I was there to send me back. 
gear for the event. Never really knew much of NASCAR. I'm not going to try to lie. Uh, but I always enjoyed it. And Miller Lite forever had a, uh, you know, they had a big suite, chalet, if you will, right right behind Pitt Road. And it used to be a blast. Used to go. They no longer do. And I don't know. I'll, I'll get back out there soon. Here's I, why I it's not this weekend. the worst question ever mm-hmm. is because there is events, races, I should say, where the name has a number at the end of it, and that's not necessarily the miles. That might mean laps in some races. Just saying. That's on you. Yes. Not on me. I'm not, I'm not responsible for, <laughs> for ruining our yeah yeah our promo. Act like I didn't. You didn't hear that, guys. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get to it. You know, for those who forget, last year, you know, two years ago, Matt Stafford was traded. Immediate dividends, right? They won a Super Bowl in L.A. Last year, Russell Wilson moved to Denver from Seattle. Nothing. Deshaun Watson had to wait timeout, as we know. Houston to Cleveland. Nothing. Matt Ryan, Atlanta to Indianapolis. Nothing. Carson Wentz, Indianapolis to Washington. Nothing. 0 for 4, as far as those big trades uh, and the playoffs. Uh, We had a rookie in... uh, you know, and Kenny Pickett, who got a lot of uh, playing time, obviously, in Pittsburgh. That was on a playoff team. At the end of the year, we saw Brock Purdy uh, get playing time. And obviously, the guy was undefeated up until he was injured in the championship game. So, that was a year where teams that, that gambled lost, okay, for the most part. Certainly, the four trades. So, that gets us to everything that could possibly happen at any moment now, including yesterday, we saw Derek Carr. He becomes the first guy who has been let go by the Las Vegas Raiders. They were up against a $40.4 million guarantee. And by releasing him, that money is no longer, that amount of money is no longer guaranteed. He becomes a free agent. But anyway, I did it by division. And I just want to kind of give you how nuts this is and because there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it and impatience is a word that you have dealt with here in Duval it is not a word that people in the NFL like okay their brain is wired this way This is a win-now league, and with the salary cap, no team should be bad for a long period of time. No team should be really good for a long period of time. JJ, time for the obligatory. Every year, a team who finishes last finishes first the next year. Case in point, the 2022. Jacksonville Jaguars. There you go. It's going to happen again this year. It happens every year. So things turn and change all the time in the NFL, and – with coaches and quarterbacks, I, I think in a lot of cases, you, you know, you pull them away too soon because you have to win. Anyway, I went through this. As far as I'm concerned, I only see 18 of 32 quarterbacks that I would say are guaranteed to be week one starters who were starters on their football team this past year. That that leaves 
14 possibility of new quarterbacks via trade, free agency, NFL draft. So if you don't believe me, let's just let's just look at it, okay? And you know we can do it any way we want. Buffalo set, we know. All right, in the AFC East, Miami. Okay, I I want to put Tua in there, but the guy's one hit away from never being able to play again. You know, I I talked about these getting ready to be fourth year quarterbacks who are all up for an extension. Burrow's going to get the most, but Herbert and Hurts are going to get paid. What do you do with Tua? How can you possibly talk about a contract extension for Tua when he's one hit away from never playing? And if they do those three contracts and they pay them 45, 50, some odd million dollars a year, and then Tua and his agency's like, hey, what about us? And all of a sudden he's disgruntled, he doesn't show up or whatever. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just. I'm throwing you a hypothetical. How do you handle that if you're in Miami? Because you don't know if the next hit he takes is honestly the last hit he takes. So right now I'm going to leave Miami as a question mark. New England, Mac Jones. You know, I happen to keep a pretty decent ear on what goes on back in my hometown of Boston with all four sports teams. And that's 50-50. Bill O'Brien returns as the offensive coordinator. It was a disaster a year ago. I am one of those who wants to believe that Mac Jones gets his third year. But what if Jimmy Garoppolo is available? What if somehow, somewhere, they think they're better off with Derek Carr or or something like that? I I don't think the with I don't have them down as one of my as one of my um, uh, eighteen that it's a hundred percent certainty that he's going to be a starting quarterback. Of the New England Patriots. Jets, total disaster, right? With Zach Wilson. I mean, we keep hearing that the Jets are doing everything that they can to try to get Aaron Rodgers, okay? There's a lot of people that believe that Aaron Rodgers is either going to end up, you're not going to be in the NFC. He's going to the AFC. He's either going to go to the New York Jets or he's going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders. So that leaves me with only one team in the AFC East. Again, I see other scenarios where it could absolutely be three, but I'm talking about guaranteed. Uh, the North is set. You got Burrow. You've got Kenny Pickett. You got Deshaun Watson. The only question mark is Lamar Jackson. I think we all believe worst case scenario in Baltimore, you put a franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. However, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz a year ago, right? Georgia just lost their offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, former Jaguar wide receiver coach. He goes over to call the plays now and will work with um, with with Harbaugh, with John Harbaugh. My guess, Jackson returns to Baltimore. But I think you have to consider the possibility that he has moved. I I don't know about you, but if you read NFL news, I've seen a lot of Atlanta banter the last couple of weeks with Lamar Jackson. So, again, uh, let's put a question mark by that for right now. We'll agree with the others, Burrow, uh, Pickett, and uh, and Watson uh, to begin in the North. The South is a disaster. It is unbelievable. Besides Trevor Lawrence, I mean, what in the hell are the Tennessee Titans going to do? They save $18 million by releasing Ryan Tannehill. 
There's talk that that's going to happen. The Colts, well, Matt Ryan is not going to be a part of it anymore. Uh, And I fully do understand that with Houston, you know, both the Colts and the Texans have high draft picks. They're going to do whatever they can uh, to get one of these, you know, young stars out of college, whether it's Young or Stroud or Levis or whoever. But in the AFC South where Jacksonville plays, the only thing that we know is Trevor Lawrence in 2023. Major question marks in Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Houston. That leaves us out west. you got Patrick Mahomes, and you've got Justin uh, Herbert, and you've got Russell Wilson, all part of a reclamation project now, obviously with Sean Payton uh, taking over there. The Raiders wide open. We don't know who the quarterback there is going to be. In the NFC, it's not as damaging which is surprising because I think the AFC has way better quarterbacks than the NFC. Hurts and Prescott in the East. New York Giants, okay. It's kind of a mixed bag. Everything I read says that Daniel Jones is probably going to return for the New York Giants, but I think there's still an opportunity that they could possibly go in a different direction. Who knows what the commanders are going to do? I mean, honestly. Who's going there? You know, that to me, that's like a losing quarterback. Who, who ends up going to play for the Washington Commanders? Is that Andy Dalton? Is that Jameis Winston? Is that Jacoby Brissett? Is that um, Ryan Tannehill? Uh, I mean, good luck trying to figure out what's going to go on in D.C. The North. Cousins is still there. They can't say goodbye to him. It it, it costs way too much money. I was reading about this earlier today, and I like Kirk Cousins uh, for what it's worth. Contractually speaking, unless someone made a trade and took a lot of money off their hands, he's not going anywhere. Goff could be had. He's only a $10 million dead cap figure. He becomes a $5 million dead cap figure in a year. There's a lot of talk to Detroit who's going to draft their future contract. You know, they're going to go out and draft their future QB. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens with Goff. Green Bay, you know, Rodgers, who knows what's going to happen. And then you got the Chicago situation where they have the top pick. And, again, you listen to the folks out there. They're sold on Justin Fields. Others are like, uh-uh, move them, get a passing quarterback in Chicago. So that's a, a division uh, right now that is in total flux uh, in uncertainty. You go to the NFC South, who Jacksonville's going to face next year. They do not have a quarterback on either one of these four teams. Who's the quarterback right now in Tampa? I'll tell you who it is. It's Kyle Kyle Trask. Trask. Kyle Trask is your starting quarterback. Carolina? New Orleans? I just mentioned Dalton and Winston. Winston is on a contract for one more year, but he lost that job to Dalton, who's a free agent. Atlanta? Mariota's a free agent? Ritter? Who knows? And then you get out west, San Francisco. They went through four quarterbacks this year. Garoppolo's gone. You know, they have Trey Lance and you have Purdy coming back from an injury. Seattle, my guess is they re-sign Geno Smith or they put a franchise tag on Geno Smith. But what if all of a sudden the New York Giants or the Washington Commanders or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or some other team just tries to you know, shock the world. Obviously, Seattle has the right to do 
what they want uh, with their particular language, but still, if not, could Geno Smith be on the move? Stafford, I think, returns in L.A., and, and you have Kyle Murray coming off the injury uh, in Arizona. So you add all that up. To me, that is, out of 32 quarterbacks, that is, I think I said 18 earlier. I apologize. It's 13 out of 32 that are certain. Okay, and that I leaves, think you're even being pretty fair. Like that leaves fair 19 openings. That leaves 19 openings. With guys like Pickett, I mean, even they could be gone. All right, let's come back and, 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 and talk about this a little bit. JJ, give you an opportunity to, to fill in some blanks here. I, and I, I apologize for saying 18 and 14. It's 13 and 19. Okay, I only have 13 of 32. Now, some of these pieces may fall right in. Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith. Daniel Jones, there's three that you can really make a case for who fall right back in. Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot of guys go to new teams. So if you want to comment on that, uh, you can. Uh, so we'll get JJ's thoughts on it, and we'll give you an opportunity. Get in on the text line. That number is 641-1010, and that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, West Coast Swing continues tomorrow. The Genesis Invitational of the Pacific Palisades. The return of Tiger Woods. His threesome will include Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. 19 of the top 20 in the World Golf Rankings. We'll uh, tee off tomorrow. I had quite a few golf questions tonight, including his Tiger playing here at the players. I do not have the answer. I've been asked as well if Phil Mickelson is going to play here. Uh, my guess would be not a chance in hell. But I don't know anything for sure. I would think that no one in the live will be here. It's different with the majors. Uh, J.U.'s Russell Knox is... One of the first off tomorrow at 9.40. He's playing with Nick Watney and Thomas Dietrich. So, there you go. Tiger Woods, if you're interested, and I am, hopefully it'll be on the Golf Channel tomorrow. Let's see. Tiger Woods will tee off tomorrow at 3.04 Eastern and then on Friday at 10.24 a.m. Eastern. All right, let's get back to the quarterbacks. J.J., I went through a very lengthy list what sticks out for you? Anything? Yeah, I think Lamar actually stays. I agree with you. I think uh, they're going to franchise tag him. He's not going to be happy. I think that he might hold out for a little while, training camp or whatever, maybe a preseason game or two. But at the end of the day, I think he ends up staying. And that's going to be the most talked about story probably all offseason. I more, think okay. – go ahead. A more than A-Rod? Yeah, because I was just about to say, I think Rodgers signs or gets traded, I mean, early in the offseason. I think if he's going to force himself out, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen to Rodgers because he doesn't even know. He's in a dark place right now, literally. I think when he gets out of that, figures it out, they will get it handled because Green Bay is going to want to get this handled immediately. 
So when they can, I think they will. Lamar, different story. I think it goes all the way to the start of the season. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. <laughs> I would. I mean, it would just, it's such a competitive, you know, it's, it's a bad division, but it's a competitive division where Buffalo is, is far and away the favorite. You know, Miami, if Tua can stay healthy, certainly can play. New England is trying to figure things out. And, you know, the Jets have been bottom feeders. That would be funny. Right now, the thinking man says Rodgers either goes to Las Vegas, which makes more sense for him. Just kind of knowing the way that Aaron Rodgers, I see him fitting in much better than in Las Vegas. And the New media, like the, the oh, New yeah. York media, he he hates the media. Right. And he would be going to war in New York with these guys. Las Vegas, probably not so much. I Do you think that... The AFC, do you? Th- he doesn't strike me as an ultra competitive guy. That like all I care about is winning. You know, all I care about is winning Super Bowls. I think at this point in his life, he cares about being comfortable and making lots of money. Um, and joining the AFC might might be like, hey, I'm not gonna win the Super Bowl in the AFC. I'm not even gonna get there. Like, there's too many better teams if I join the Jets. If I join Vegas. It's an easier road if I stay in Green Bay or join another NFC team. Do you think he cares at all about that kind of stuff? I think he does. I think he cares more about himself personally than than uh, the eventual goal of winning. Yes. Uh, he's getting paid so much money. You know, I think what he did to his teammates this year was, was pretty poor. You know, he's been aggravated forever. They haven't used a first-rounder on a skill position guy. Outside of another quarterback, he didn't know some of his wide receivers' names. <laughs> it, it was just a bad look uh, for for Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think he's run himself out of there. The problem for him is he's making so much money, you have to be incredibly creative on how to make a trade uh, and move him to another team where, you know, w- where does that money go? How much dead money for Green Bay? How much are they allowed to send to whatever team it is going to be? I, I agree with you, Lamar. I think Baltimore, you know, I mean, Harbaugh said that Lamar would have some say in the offensive coordinator. It almost feels like they're doing this the wrong way, the opposite way of, you know, getting every – Todd Munkin left a great job at Georgia. Uh, a cake job. Yeah, does, does Todd Munkin believe he can work with Lamar Jackson? And or? was he promised that, like, hey, if you take this job – was he told before he took the job that Lamar's going to be locked in on the franchise yeah. tag? Because why else would he take that job? I I got to believe he's staying. Yeah. How um, about Daniel Jones? No, I think he's gone. But real quick on Rodgers, I heard Albert Breer say today that because his contract is so huge that if when he gets traded, it's not going to be like three firsts. He was like, I would be surprised if it's even one first-round mm. pick because it's so much salary that you're taking on. That's the trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, Daniel, it's, it, it, it's almost become they like, just take the contract. It's like an NBA trade almost. Yep. Um, Daniel Jones, I think he's gone. I, I think that if he would have performed better in the Philly game, maybe bring him back. But he was awful. Like, they – can't go forward with him as their quarterback. So this year was it was it just shows how great of a coach Dayball was this year that they got that much out of him. Not See, a Daniel Jones guy. Here's the problem: 
you can't just say, all right, let's give him one more year, give him $12 million and sign him for a year. No, it's are you the franchise quarterback? And if you're the guy who is going to represent the New York Giants, then you're paying $35 million plus at a minimum. And we're talking about guys like Burrow, Herbert, and Hurts. They're going to be up around $50 million. So yeah. you, you, you can't – it's one or the other. And, and, and that's where we are. You, you, you can't bring someone in for, you know, a, a hometown discount or half the price. It doesn't work Or like that a way. rental. No. Like, the, like the teams that try to do the rental quarterback thing, look at the Colts lately. Like every year for the, since they've lost luck, they've been doing this let's bring in a veteran guy for a couple years. And, you know, he's been to the playoffs. He's been there before. Uh, and it never works. It, like you said, it's almost like you got to have a really high draft drafted quarterback that you're going to take or trade for one of these, you know, legends, these older legends. Everything else in between is sort of like you're in no man's land. So if you're New York or, you know, let's say you have, a, you know, look at the two teams in the AFC South that draft high. If you look at Houston and you look at Indianapolis, do you? Houston's got Davis Mills. Um, Almost forgot about him. Right, but they're going to get a quarterback. Okay, if if you're in Indianapolis, do do you go back and try to get yourself a Jacoby Brissett? Do do you try to get yourself a uh, oh gosh, I don't know, a Jameis Winston, a, a guy that it's still going to cost you a lot of money. But you just want a guy that you know you can plug in in day one, and then you because free agency, as we know, is a month and a half before the NFL draft, and you don't know what if you're convinced that Young is the only quarterback that you really want. You like Levis a little bit, you like Stroud a little bit, you like Richardson a little bit, but you're convinced that the guy that you need um, is that, and you can't get him. Then that that screws up then you all, are all just your plans. Wanting to do a rental at that point, but here's the deal: this is why I think that's a, a losing strategy in the NFL because you bring a guy in who can win six games, then you're screwed again in the draft. Like you just go back to being the number ten or twelve or whatever. Like you have to be willing to tank if you want to be a great franchise in this league. That's how it works. You can't just be one of those owners like. Like this, look at the Steelers. The Steelers are an absolute mess. They're in no man's land. They're bringing Kenny Pickett back. Like, you have to be willing to lose every single game if you want that quarterback at number one, like the Jags did. That's how it works. It's sad, but that's how it works. Or, or you can get lucky. You know, Philly got really lucky. I feel like with Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in the second round, and then just spend a, a boatload of cash to throw it all in on one season. And it didn't work. It was close. It happened for the Rams. It worked for them. But, like, unless you're going to do that, you got to be willing to tank. These, like, rent a guy for a year to win seven games is meaningless. You look at the top. This is scary, man. You you look at the top 19. T- I, I mean, you look at the draft order. We don't know what Chicago's going to do. They have a quarterback, but they're 50-50 in that city. Move him and draft whoever becomes the highest-rated draftable quarterback, okay? Number two, Houston. 
needs quarterback. Number three, Arizona. All right, granted, they're set, although that thing is is has gone sideways. Number four, Indianapolis. They need a quarterback. Number five, Seattle. All right, I believe they bring back Geno Smith. But are you going to pay Geno Smith to be <laughs> your quarterback for the next four years? I mean, the guy was unbelievable no this year. He was unbelievable. Maybe that is a franchise tag for one year. I don't know what the cap situation is like in Seattle, but maybe that is the gamble there. Pay him his $34 million for one year and draft your Jeez. future quarterback. Can you invest in Geno Smith? Do you trust him for the next three to four years? Absolutely not. I don't trust him next year. I We know who Geno Smith is. I think this year was very uh, – uh, I don't know what the word is, but just a uh, uh, flash in the pan, I guess. All right, number six, Detroit. Goff's got two years left. I think Goff is fine. I don't think he's the problem. But are you going to re? Are you going to invest again in Jerry Goff to to carry your torch for the next several years, or if you have a quarterback there at number six, whether it's Richardson or Levis, I, do you make that move? You got the Raiders at seven. They need a quarterback. You got the Falcons at eight. They need a quarterback. You got the Panthers at nine. They need a quarterback. You get all the way to Philadelphia at 10, and that's it. So that's honestly, that's that's two and a half teams who have a quarterback, all right? Because we don't know about fields. You're talking about only Kyla Murray at three with Arizona and Jalen Hurts at number 10, with Philly, for the record, I think right now they do bring back Geno Smith in Seattle at number five for this year. Outside of that, it is wide open. I, there are going to be so many trades this year because the teams I just mentioned are going to be convinced that one or two of these, that you know, you're going to hear it's a two man quarterback draft and the cream's going to rise to the top. And Everyone in this league is so connected that guys are going to drop. Richardson's going to drop. Levis is going to drop. I'm going to use them as examples. And I mean drop. I drop 8, 9, 10. The top picks are going to end up going 1 and 2 at quarterback. I mean, is Chicago going to stand pat and grab the the best defensive player in the draft? Why? When they can move down one or two spots, allow a team – to move up to number one, to get a quarterback, and chances are the Bears are still going to be able to get that great defensive player if they swap with Indy at four or they – whatever it may be. That That's why it's going to be so fun. And again, for Jacksonville, for once, you're not even involved in this. Jaguar fans, you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, find yourself a quarterback. Uh, you've got one. You know, I was going to get into it, but I don't have time tonight. We'll possibly do it tomorrow or or maybe Friday. But the quarterback conversation gets even better around here when you start looking at tiers. And when you start honestly looking at where Trevor Lawrence is now league-wide, you look at all 32 of these teams and 32 general managers. And where is Trevor Lawrence on that list? Is he top five? You know, we'll, again, we're going to bottle this and save it for another night because I really want to dive into it and give reasons why and give reasons why not. But his climb has been just incredible. 
And I, I think we all agree it's only going to get better. I mean, this is only the beginning. The man's only 23. All right, hey, I do appreciate it. A lot of input and um, some good stuff. It's it's going to be a, a, an enjoyable offseason uh, to watch all of this. And whether trades happen before draft or during the draft, remember, we did have four quarterback trades a year ago. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz. we got much more to do. We'll take you tonight till 8 o'clock. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Hacker Nation will join you coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, big night at hoops. Uh, we definitely know that. Top-ranked Alabama at number 10. Tennessee right now. Let me give you the very latest on the Florida game. Ooh, Florida up six. We are under the uh, 16, uh, the first media timeout, under the 16-minute timeout in the second half. So just under 15 to go. Uh, Gators had a 10-point halftime lead up 39-29. Right now, Old Miss has outscored them early in the second half, 12-8. So 47-41 for the Gators. Um, I'm not, you know, that whole must-win thing for me, it, you still have six games remaining, but Florida's lost three straight ever since that huge win against Tennessee. They lost to Kentucky. They lost at third-ranked Bama. Really got pounded there. And then they lost as big favorites last Saturday. What, nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorites? And they lost. So right now, tonight against Mississippi, who is a basketball team that has lost like six of seven. So Florida should be able to hang on here. Well, I have bad news that just came in from Florida. Their mm-hmm. best player... Colin Castleton is headed to the locker room after coming off the court holding his wrist. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Castleton has led Florida in scoring in eight straight games and nine out of the last ten. And he's gone four straight 20-plus. He had 20 against Tennessee, 25 against Kentucky, 29 against Bama, and he had 25 Saturday against Vanderbilt. That is not good news. Florida can win this tonight. They're thirteen and twelve. They're six and six in the SEC. So they need this. They go to Arkansas, which is formidable. Kentucky's always tough. No, they're not ranked, but they're still a tough opponent. At Vandy, well, you saw what happened there a week ago. Georgia has already doubled their wins from a year ago. As a matter of fact, they they're on pace to possibly get three times the amount of victories they had a year ago. Uh, with Mike White, weren't they like six and whatever a year ago? Florida, uh, Georgia last year was six and twenty-six in basketball. So far this year, Georgia is sixteen and ten, and they were a winner last night by two over LSU. They're at number one Bama on Saturday, so that's not going to be easy. But that, you know that's going to be a game. I don't think anyone will argue that Florida Georgia. Uh, coming up, and then um, after that for uh, the Gators, let's see here. Uh, Where the heck did you go? Florida will wrap up the season after that matchup against Georgia. They will have – why are you disappearing? 
on me here, Florida, for crying out loud. I mean, it's because Baloo's trying to give, you know, a little bit of love here uh, to Florida Gator fans. It's like the the computer's gone helter-skelter on me. After the game at Georgia, it'll be with LSU. So, there you go. Busy week, all right? We've got tons of college basketball tonight. We've got the golf uh, tomorrow, which I am excited about, fired up for that. And a great weekend as well coming up uh, for hockey. So, obviously, a lot of good things to do. Did you notice some of the Major League Baseball rule changes that are actually in play only for the, the 2023 season? No. I the only pizza saw, box? Yeah, there's a new and improved base. And it's, I think, about four centimeters bigger. And I don't even know. And, like, the new thing is... Getting a picture. This is what all the journalists down at spring training are doing. Getting a picture of the old base compared to the new base. And, like, most of the right, the right way to do it is just put it on top of the other one. Mm-hmm. But then there's some guys that are taking a picture from certain angles, and it looks like it's, like, four times bigger. That's the one that I saw yesterday, and I was like, what is going on? Well, is this Cor- a clown show? Alex Cora called it a pizza box. Okay, that's what you're <laughs> so I, I, I can't wait to see on TV if we can tell if we'll yeah. be able to tell. It's it was a it was a 15 inch base. It's now an 18 inch base. Here's interesting: limited pickoffs, only two pickoff attempts. So what are you supposed to? If you burn your two, okay, you're going to get a hell of a lot more stolen bases. Guys are going to be able to take mammoth leads. So you know we may have pitch outs to catchers, but you are now limited to two pickoffs per at-bat. I don't understand that because now a guy can just take a massive lead. Mm-hmm. After and two. And I mean, like, yeah, you could say a pickoff, but that's very hard to do. That, um, that, that's – damn, I didn't know that. Is that official? Yeah, it is. They're, they're, they're leaving the – Jesus, this sport, man. They're leaving the extra inning runner on second. Which I despise. I as well. Can't stand it. They're adding a pitch clock, too. Yeah, they're adding a pitch clock. Here's one that I actually do like. I like the fact that they're no longer allowing the shift. I hate hate that. I I love a shortstop playing the conventional position, third base, second base, first base. The new rule that is in place, you must have a minimum of four players on the infield dirt, two on either side of the second base back. We have seen forever that you're taking short stops and putting them behind the second base bag. You have the second baseman over closer to the first baseman. You have the first baseman hugging the line. And I don't know, when you hit a ball up the box past the pitcher, past the second base bag, that's a base hit. It hasn't been recently in baseball. I'm a traditionalist. So you might think like, well, a traditionalist would like what you're saying, just guys playing the position where we but no the tradition is you're allowed to put someone wherever the hell you want and like that's how it works in baseball and now that you're telling them I mean like you can go back in the day and they were putting four guys in the outfield against you know heavy hitters it's it's something that's happened I I understand that it's different a lot of people don't like different but man if you had some of these guys learn how to bunt it would change things learn how to just hit the other way, it would change things, but they don't. You mentioned a pitch clock, 30 seconds in between hitters, 15 to 20 seconds between pitches. I like uh, that. 
Alex Cora in Fort Myers, the Red Sox, said that they're actually using a horn oh my God. during spring training to remind the pitchers. <laughs> like when it's yeah. – so you have how long if you're a hitter? You 30 have seconds. Lo- you have longer if you're a hitter than yep. you do a pitcher? No, no, 30 seconds in between hitters. Oh, in between In between the pitches, you have the same 15, See, here's the problem. Seconds. They're putting a clock on the pitcher. They need to put a clock on the hitter. Yeah. Final final thing that you may not be aware of out there, baseball fans, for the first time since interleague play in 1997, remember all that talk, uh, talk of the unbalanced schedule within divisions? Well, now all 30 teams will play each other at, at least once this year. So what we're going to have is 52 divisional games, which is down from 76, and we're going to have 46 interleague games, which is up from 20. Think about that. All right, Braves fans here in town, I right, used to play American League teams 20 times a year. Now you're going to be playing every team in the American League for a combined 46 times, and that whole interdivision unbalanced schedule is going away. All right, I'm going away till tomorrow night, 6 to 8. For JJ, I'm Rick Ballou. We'll talk to you then on that Thursday. <laughs>